Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm your co-host, Andrew Mensel. Returning after a couple of weeks break is Jaleesa Apps. Hi, Jaleesa. Did you have a good break? I had a great break. I missed you so much. I can tell. <laughs> that enthusiasm. And someone who hasn't had a break at all, who is always here, Paul, the summer game, Dennett. Paul, how are you? Good, man. I've retired the summer game I'm on Twitter, so I'm no what? longer the summer game. What? What? Yep, I've just pulled down at underscore on Twitter. It's really Hang on, why? Oh, just long story. I was just sick of um, appearing as the summer game. I don't know. I wanted my name there. Um, You've had a rebrand. No, I've had a rebrand. He has had a rebrand. <laughs> He's had a full rebrand. He made his Fox Cricket debut and he's like, I have to go all professional. <laughs> what? Hang on. Did you make your Fox Cricket debut? Uh, we our um, shield calling was on Fox. Oh, that all right? Yeah, yep. I thought you must have had a show that I missed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. I was like, why did no one text me and Every tell night me at three thirty a.m. Uh, cricket legends with Paul Sennett. What I like about that is that you didn't it didn't sound by your voice that you thought that was implausible. So that's a good sign. That's no, good sign. I was like, damn, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in today's episode of Cricket Unfiltered, we have a lot to get through. We have all the headlines, including the IPL auction and some stunning shield results and uh, the controversy floating over the, the ocean from India about their pitch preparation. We've got all that to cover and then we're going to end it with Can't Let It Go. But let's start across the ditch with the series between Australia and New Zealand, the T20 series. 
Australia are 2-0 down in the series, but the the main concerns now seem to be around what's going to happen to the Australian team now that there's um, new regulations coming back into Australia from New Zealand, that this current squad may have to quarantine again in Australia for two weeks, which would take a lot of the players out of the Sheffield Shield. Yeah, uh, hopefully that's not the case. Before we even get to that, I just want to say, how pleasant was that second game? Ultimately... Australia lost it, but that was one of the uh, the more beautiful games of cricket I've seen. Jeff Lemon wrote an article about it in the Guardian that I thought really captured it, captured the mood well. That it was just cricket for cricket's sake. It was twenty two people who are very good at something doing it really well. It went down to the wire. It looked like a wonderful afternoon. I, I've been thoroughly enjoying this this New Zealand series. So yeah, we've got to talk about other things, but the cricket itself has been lovely. The only thing I thought is that was a shame about the time when it was on because I think a lot of people didn't realise. That it was on. New Zealand really needs to get their time zone looked at. <laughs> <laughs> I meant more than it was. Yeah, yeah, please change your time zone. <laughs> Work on that. No, it was uh, like midday on a Thursday. Yeah, I know, but people at midday on a Thursday are at work. Like it would have been yeah. better as a night game. Um, yeah, but they were playing, what, University of Otago, Otago, so... I don't think they've got lights. Yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the problem. But you're, you're yeah. right. You're 100% right. Yeah, I know, so. but there's things that, like, we, you can play under lights, mm. you know. That should have been... Yes, um, I agree. Yeah, I, I just thought uh, a lot of the casual observer would not have known. Definitely. That's always the problem when Australia's in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, be, it's true. They should be on the t- so- same time zone as us, shouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. If we can just t- change the time zone. Come on, Jacinda. So... All the matches now are going to be played in Wellington to finish the series because of the lockdown in Auckland. But as I said, there are real issues now about players coming back from the tour. And my good friend Andrew Wu um, from the... Oh, does he still talk to us? Channel 9 um, newspapers... I think he talks um, to me. ...said that it might preclude Glenn Maxwell from playing any Shield cricket again this summer and would sort of um, stymie his bid for a test call-up. So I guess um, it, it could be a, a bigger blow um, coming home. Yeah, it's like the, the universe conspires every way it can to prevent Glenn Maxwell from having a decent run at <laughs> Sheffield Shield. Uh, you'd hope that... that, uh, that I, I don't know, I'm all for being very cautious around COVID, but it strikes me as I, I don't think they should need to quarantine... Um, you know, for two, I submit this to the um, medical authorities. They yeah. just yeah. let them in. <laughs> I think they will have to quarantine. I think it's you. You can't be seen to be doing Giving anyone exceptions any to the no. important people. It is yeah. hard. So on to the results on the field. I haven't got a lot out of this series apart from enjoying it and um, you know enjoying the contest. Really, because Australia are half strength, it's hard to be too upset about being two nil down. Yes, I agree, although it would have been nice if uh, there'd been a few players jumping up to say, uh, get me into the World Cup side. It's been a little bit strange that they've gone Mm. with the same side in games one and two and that they might not give all of these guys uh, a go. It seems that it would be a pity if if they've taken some of these guys over there if they don't actually end up getting much, much of a chance. It would, um, I agree with you, Paul, particularly when you've kind of taken your second string side when you've got a lot of the guys that were meant to be in South Africa out. You may as well give everyone a go. Uh, so I um, I was really happy with the perform the batting performance in game two. I thought there was a lot of encouraging signs there that we didn't really see in in game one. Yeah, certainly it was a great chase, Stoinis with a jaffer of an innings to almost get Australia over the line, and Daniel Sams with a pretty. F- Quick fire knock as well. Maybe he showed something um, on the international stage that he hasn't shown before. But I guess the main controversy or the discussion is around the the 
form slump of Aaron Finch. It's continued from the the IPL into the Big Bash and now into this tour. And interestingly, um, in the last week, George Bailey, the Australian selector, was quoted in the News Limited papers saying that Finch will captain the side in the T20 World Cup later this year. I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure um, if that's actually going to happen, though, because it's kind of the kiss of death for a captain or a manager. You get given um, the, the backing and then <laughs> it's, it's all over for you. Uh, but, yeah, that seems to be a major concern. And if Finch could break out of it with a score in these last few T20s, that'll, I think, make the selectors sleep a bit easier. Yeah, and I'm, I hope he does. I, I like Finch and I think it'd be great if he was in the side. But I just think it's ridiculous that they have confirmed his position so far out from the actual World Cup. What happens, what happens if he doesn't break out of the slump and what happens if another opener is batting the house down? I, I think that... It, there's an arrogance or a, um, a misunderstanding of the importance, stubbornness. The stubbornness, yeah, that's a good, that's a good way of saying it. That um, Finch seems like a decent captain, uh, but he's surely not that great a captain that Enriquez or Smith or Cummins or Wade or Christian or any of them couldn't do a decent job as well. He doesn't seem to be that tactically astute, and he's a nice guy. But the others seem nice guys and, and well liked as well. Uh, ultimately, I'd love Finch to succeed, but it absolutely infuriates me that they are so wedded to this idea of the captain being so important that they're making this um, announcement this far out. I think what they should do is say, okay, this is an extraordinary statement that you're going to stick with Smith, with Finch all the way. Fair enough, but you're going to put your own job on the line. That if, if Finch keeps on failing and you insist on picking him for the World Cup and then he has a poor World Cup, you go down as well and you're sacked to selectors. I'd like to see that put to them. Bailey on notice. I I have to agree with Paul. Probably not. Maybe that they should be sacked. But um, I th- I agree that you can't possibly confirm him this far out. It's completely ridiculous. And he it, this isn't like unusual. He does go in form slumps, Finch. Um, and he send, tends to pull himself out of them. But you can't go into a World Cup into this in with this form slump. He would have to be dropped. I agree. And look at his recent recent form. And hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, it coincides with him scoring a century in Game 3. <laughs> and but everyone's it, like, <laughs> what do they know? Muppets. <laughs> but his recent form in T20 cricket, 8-0, 14, 13, 0, 10, 4, 6, 1, 12. He's not playing in the IPL, so he's not going to get all that um, uh, you know, extra experience in Indian conditions. His overall record in India isn't that good. There have to be question marks over him, and I just think it's ridiculous that they've confirmed in this far out. I, uh, really- I don't believe it, to be honest. I don't think that he... Well, that's true as well, yeah. yeah. They've I come just, a point where it would become untenable. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah I think this is the Bailey just trying to stick up for his Bailey, mate. Bailey, like, taking a real punt that he's going to get into some form. It was a bit like what Justin Langer did for Joe Burns in the test squad all summer. Back him, back him, back yes. him, and then right at the end, sorry, mate, off you go. Yeah. Um, but I guess the, the real issue is... Who is Finch keeping out? And that is the problem. There are so many very talented top-order T20 batters in Australia that if you stick with Finch, you're, you're going to be excluding some other very good T20 players. So he, Finch has to perform because you look at the options to open. I mean, Warner's going to come back. Then you've got someone like Stoinis or Philippi. I mean, you could just keep Wade. going. Wade. Yep. So, you know, if you back Finch in, you could be really hampering the performance of the team. And uh, the other big news to come out overnight, before we get into the, the headlines, this is not a cricket one, but unfortunately, Farwood Ahmed, the 
Australian leg spinner has tested positive for COVID while playing in Pakistan for the PSL. I woke up this morning and looked to see my PSL result from overnight and it said the game had been suspended because of the positive test for Farwad Ahmed. So I'd just like to wish him all the best. hope he recovers and um, there's no further complications. Absolutely. And mentioning him, if it was up to me, he'd be in New Zealand with the Australian side. I think we, we, we need a few more spinners over there. Um, and his record is excellent in, in T20 cricket. It's a pity he's never considered for the Australian side anymore. Yeah. Real pity. All right. Let's get into the cricket headlines brought to you by Piccolo Podcasts. We missed them last week. Instead, we had Sean Abbott and Jim Maxwell on. So they kind of pushed the headlines out. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go back. It's a, it's a cracker. Um, all right. IPL auction. How much, did, how much money did uh, some of your favourite players make, Jaleesa? It was more what they uh, didn't make. Uh, Steve Smith was the big shock for everyone, wasn't he? The 390000 that is a bargain. Wow, um, it's a, like a $2 million drop. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a huge drop because you imagine sitting at home and you're sort of going, oh, this is what I made last year, I may might make it this year, and then you, you come in at that. Ben uh, Cutting, only four hundred k for six weeks' work must be hard. Oh, it's so hard. I don't know how hard. he does it. <laughs> Should we start a GoFundMe? Yeah. <laughs> um, ben Cutting was also a bit of a surprise, 133000 I probably wouldn't want to go for that if I was him. But uh, Dan Christian, good to see he got a very nice reward, 851000 That's insane. Uh, I think it's great that he's got that reward and it will be really uh, an opportunity for him to press his claims for the, for the World Cup side because if he has a big IPL, then... You know they can't exclude him from the, from the World Cup squad. Then surely you would say. And the he's dream. gone to RCB that a, a team that never wins anything, and he's a winner. So hopefully he can help. Actually, them I will turn cheer on. Around. I've watched the IPL for years and have enjoyed it, but never really cared because Christian's going there. I am officially now uh, a Royal Challengers Bangalore fan as you of heard this moment. Me <laughs> <first>. <laughs> uh, well, Glenn Maxwell's gone to RCB as well for a, a cool. $2.52 million Australian dollars. And it just shows the, the difference there. Maxwell had a pretty stinky IPL. So did Smith. Maxwell's price went up. Smith's went way down. It's partially the supply and demand of just with a small auction like that, one or two teams bidding for one player, you can have, you can have crazy things. Um, I think it'll be great for Smith. I think that he'll be motivated, take a little bit of the pressure off him, um, and um, who's, he's, who's he going to be playing for? Delhi Capitals. Yeah, they are my Ricky, second team now. And that's Ricky Ponting's team. As you all know, I'm a diehard RCB fan, but I do have a soft spot. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a soft spot for the Delhi Capitals as well. <laughs> there were, I don't know if you guys watched watched it, but um, if you didn't, um, I, I did. You did. Did you get the sense, uh, like I did, that there were teams just trying to screw each other over? Yeah. yeah. So that, that was definitely driving up. Maybe not all the Australian players, but prices of other players where you were just like, this team is just trying to screw this other team. Wouldn't that be the best feeling if you're a player and you're thinking, they don't even want me. They are just <laughs> yeah. raising my price. Yeah. That would be the greatest feeling in the yeah. world. Oh, Watching 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, all for that. Yeah. Simon Kadic was, was talking to uh, on our friends um, Lawler and Gideon Haig show, Cricket, etc., saying that that's definitely a tactic they employ to try you to... You could feel it, though. You could feel watching it. I feel like you could see certain teams um, and they were just going hard and hard and hard. But uh, I... Um, Good on Riley Meredith. That's a win. 1.42 million. The dream of raising your child as a test cricketer is dead. 
<laughs> yeah. IPL is where it's Certainly at. Certainly for my parents, it's dead. <laughs> um, IPL is where it's at. Your par- tell your parents, get yeah, you into I- I'm gonna T20. T- I'll be in next year's auction. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> as long as I go for RCB. Um, but th- I think Riley Meredith should give at least 20% of this to Shane Warne mm. because there's no <laughs> yeah. doubt that Warney talking about Riley Meredith ad nauseum for three years has <laughs> gone into the Indian heads and they're like, oh, we've got to buy this guy. I mean, he's a very good bowler. Not sure he's quite that good. They do say that speed on the ball is a valuable commodity in the IPL auctions because in the local market there's a lot of talented batters, there's a lot of you know spinners and batting all-rounders, but... Quick bowlers are the rare ones. And, yeah, Jai Richardson, $2.48 million. He can thank, actually, his um, bung shoulder for this and the fact that he wasn't part of the test squad because if he was part of the test squad last summer, he wouldn't have played the big bash, wouldn't have taken all those wickets and yeah. wouldn't have made $2.5 million. That's a lot of property. Yeah. He'd, he'd be thinking, don't worry about me in the test side. I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> One thing with Riley Meredith that I like was, remember Menas when we were at the um, – at that game when he got five wickets in the shield and Steve Smith got 100 and afterwards uh, Steve Smith was made available to the to the media to talk and the Tasmanian media manager made Riley Meredith available to the media as well. And the media all as one just blanked him, said, sorry, mate, we don't... And not, not one person even asked him a question and he sort of <laughs> stood there. I don't think he cared. I think he knew that obviously they're going to go for Steve Smith. So he wasn't sad. He was just yeah. relaxed. But it was kind of, you know, there he is there. Now he's suddenly off to the IPL on an absolute mint. So good on him. Um, good luck to him. I think uh, I think he's going to struggle over there. I think that Kyle Jamison from Jamison from New Zealand, who got picked up for an absolute fortune for my RCB, um, I'm a bit worried about him. The way that he got slogged in the last couple of games, he might struggle as well. But yeah, good luck to them all. He got he's uh, Kyle Jamison was a big mistake. <laughs> I, I don't know why they paid so much for him. I'm going to have a word to veer out. About I think that. the coach of his team is also the New Zealand coach, so there might be. Something in that, or he's on the coaching. His first class record's really good. Um, it just looks like he's the sort of bowler that will take three for ten one day, but the next day might go for, um, you know, sixty or seventy. <laughs> yeah, and the the players from Australia that weren't picked up in the auction: Alex Carey, Manus Labuschagne, Jason Berendorf, Matthew Wade. A lot of good players were left out. It just shows how strong the competition is. But an Aussie coach has been sacked. I knew after the last IPL there would be repercussions. Well, Andrew McDonald is no longer the coach of the Rajasthan Royals after he parted ways with the franchise. Now, when I say sacked, I cannot confirm or deny that. Um, but I, I don't think it was working out so well. Obviously, the results on the field. And I do wonder whether it affected um, McDonald's role within the Australian team. There was a report that came out that I think after one of the test matches, McDonald had to sort of, you know, sidle up to Smith and tell him the Royals were going to release him. And I can't imagine that's great for the sort of whole environment. Yeah, I mean, um, I I agree. Uh, Couldn't they have got someone else to tell him? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And next bit of IPL news and Mad Manners might come out here. I've been happy and relaxed so far. Great to have Jaleesa back after a long break. He played a really mean joke on me where I was waiting out the front (laughs) and he said that I got the day wrong and I already started walking to my car so sad. (laughs) Lucky you went out when you (laughs) did. Should have been off down the road. This is the kind of bullying I get here. Um, So, the IPL is set to run into June this year. 
England are hosting New Zealand in two tests. The first starts June 2nd to 6th and the second June 10th to 14th. Both the New Zealand Cricket Board and the ECB seem to be resigned to the fact that the players will be able to play in the IPL and miss this test series. I just do not think this is a good precedent at all. I know we have extraordinary circumstances because of COVID and quarantine, but I think having a lot of players out of a test series in, a, in your home conditions is a bad precedent. Big time. I want to find a way to not be angry about this because I don't want to sound like an angry old man. But I'm, I'm angry. Um, it just doesn't seem right. And what's changed? I know, as you say, that we're in unprecedented conditions. But in previous years, they would have just said, that's fine. You can go over there and play. But you have to be here, ready to go um, for first ball. Now, maybe because of the two weeks quarantine or whatever. But I just think it's ridiculous. And that you're going to have a test match between uh, possibly one and two in the world at Lords, you know, the home of cricket. And several of the players are going to be away playing T20 cricket. It's... Um, it's a yet another um, threshold breached, and uh, I think it's terrible. Yeah, I think it's really disappointing too. It would be interesting to see. Um, perhaps this was getting to the point where players are going, well, you're sort of restricting me from earning more money. Mm. So, um, And in a really legal, <laughs> boring, going back to my law days, maybe that there was – it would be interesting to see this challenged in court as like a restriction of trade. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess that's why they had to do it. But it is really disappointing and um, I don't know well, how you solve it though. They ultimately do sign a contract with, with their various boards. And if you signed a contract with the ECB for a large sum of money, then the ECB has the right, I suppose, to demand you are available. But less so for New Zealand. When was it? Kyle Jamison is earning twenty times his annual contract for the the short time that he's going to be over there. That when you get those levels of things next year, next time round, someone could just say to New Zealand, "I'm not signing the contract. Yeah, exactly. um, it's worth nothing. Exactly. Um, I'm going to the IPL." Yeah, there's, and there's not enough money to stop people. Yeah. It's certainly devaluing Test cricket. It's another sign of India just flexing their muscles. And I, I wonder, Paul, if there's just you know so many economic stress is being put on all the boards that everyone's just like, we cannot afford to piss off India at all right now. And, and what's worrying is the IPL is set to increase from um, eight teams to 10 teams very soon. When that happens, the competition will expand in number of games because it'll be a full home and away season. So the IPL is going to take longer to play and you will have the IPL brushing up against test series in the future. It's, yeah, you're right. It's, it's only going to get bigger, and this problem's only going to get bigger. Um, I wouldn't like to predict what the outcome will be. I mean, 10 years ago, if you, or 20 years ago, if you tried to predict the future, you'd have looked completely wrong because it's gone completely differently to what we expected. Uh, I've got no idea what it'll be like in the in Well, the if this was an Australian test series, I would be boycotting watching it in protest. Well, we're lucky at this stage that it's not going to, because our summers are so far um, separated, it's not going to. Uh, collide until India suddenly announced, you know, IPL2 that's going to be held each year, October, November and December. But apparently that's going to happen. God. At the end of the day, Indian fans want test cricket. They India won't let test cricket Yeah, but the BCCI die. wants money more than anything. No, I, I think if it really became a issue in the future, I think they'd find a way around it. This I just might, don't think this they care about anomaly. other people's games. Like, if India is playing, they care about it, but... 
Uh, but they New want Zealand, the, if a New Zealand England series is spoiled because of the IPL, they don't care. But at the end of the day, like if if we got to where Paul was saying about people don't want to won't sign domestic contracts to play um, for their for their country, I think that uh, India would care because they at the end of the day they want teams to be play and be competitive. Wow. It, like I'm talking like years down if you went, oh, well, what's the point of having a test match between Australia and India because Australia doesn't really have any good players? Well, India would care then. No, but I think that what India would do is they would sort of say, um, look, there are still many, many months in the year that you can play. Um, if we edge into June, well, you know, England, you have to make that choice. You've got July, August, September. Um, and it's kind of they want it, but they want it on their terms. Mm. And they do care about test cricket and there are – plenty of Indian fans who love test cricket but I think that there would also be loads and loads of people in India who they're not anti-test cricket I just don't think it hits their radar that the average fan these days would be a T20 fan yeah. and pops in occasionally oh I probably put noticed a little bit of the Australia India series but by and large that their their interest is is T20 cricket in like in Australia, that someone who's a sort of a casual rugby league fan watches the state of origin, watches the grand final. But if you then said, mm, "We're like going," <laughs> yeah, yeah, except except you don't watch the state of origin or the grand final. Uh, but <laughs> so kind of not. <laughs> <laughs> if if someone said we're going to make it um, uh, seven state of origins to really capitalise on that, and people said, "Well, what about the club game?" People surely love the club game. A lot of casual fans would say, oh, "I actually don't care. I'm happy to have seven state of origins." Yeah, well, it's it's shit house. Um, all right, <laughs> it's shit house. Was that just your general comment on NRL? Or <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to upset house. you both who love that sport. All right, now from the IPL, the the lofty heights of the IPL, right back down to the Sheffield Shield. Uh, before the last show we recorded, and I don't want to skip over this because Joe Burns made an extraordinary 171 of 217 balls out of Queensland's total of 275. So a phenomenal return to form for Joe Burns. Queensland was set 310 in the fourth innings and they got their seven wickets down with another discarded test star, Usman Khawaja, making 115 not out. A fantastic victory for Queensland and a return to form for two of my favourite batters. And further proof of the need that this whole notion of you've got to be very, very slow in red ball cricket to succeed not being true. When Burns freed himself up and he got that 50, um, he, he looked fantastic in the test series. Here he's just gone out and had a crack and he's looked fantastic as well. Uh, that's the way to play. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> I just had nothing to add. And then after that round of shield cricket, uh, it's the, mat, the round where Victoria beat New South Wales at the SCG. Um, both Labashane and Steve Smith showed dissent when they got out and Robert Craddock from News Limited made a point that, well, especially against Smith, goes against his captaincy aspirations. But wasn't a great look, two of Australia's best, best batters um, complaining when they were given out at the Shield. We were there for that one. Paul, what are your thoughts on it? I think it under, underscores how good DRS is at the international level. Those who say, oh, you know... Sorry, I knew you'd say that. Yeah, well, it's, it's right. Um, it's such a pleasure at the, the most international... exciting part of the game. No, I'm not saying, it's up there, it's up there. Um, <laughs> um, you know, that they should find a way to put DRS into the Sheffield Shield. Surely there's a, you know, there's a hospital we can close to use the funds for that. <laughs> no, but, but, but players need to just... You just need to cop it on the chin at that level, yeah, you don't do, you? Yeah, you do, you do, you do. You just uh, need to... Ooh, I actually disagreed. 
With oh. Crash, I'm a big Crash Craddock fan, but um, just, you're just saying kick up a stink, show the umpires no respect. No, 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 no. I disagree with that. I don't think you should be very respectful to the umpire. But I really liked that they cared because I think it's yeah, they'll go with that. Yeah, I really, I actually really liked that they cared, and I don't think that you should kick up a stink and carry on with the umpires or anything like that. But just put the bat under your arm, go back to the dressing room. No, and I kick the shit out of the locker if you're upset. No, don't do that either. Um. I just <laughs> shut up, Menace. <laughs> I I uh, I just really liked that Lava Jane and Smith, two of Australia's best batsmen, still cared about getting out at Sheffield Shield level. Yeah, well, and it gets so undervalued so many times at Sheffield Shield, and we sort of go, "Oh, great!" Like Smith's back, that's great. But I guess there is this feeling there: is do they really care? Well, yeah, they actually really do care. I liked seeing that. I. Totally disagree. It goes against their captaincy aspirations. I think what he's saying around Smith is that uh, he needs to, he needs to be able to control his angry emotions, and that's kind of a, an example. If you can't do that in a shield game, then how are you going to handle God, the? We've, we've got such a bloody high bar for Smith. I feel like we've got such a high bar. I agree, but in cricket, you just if you're given a bad decision, you just walk off. That's just the way it's always been. And I don't think two of your star players going back to Shield and, you know, throwing their toys out of the cock because they got a bad decision is, is a great look for the game. I don't know if we've got such a high bar for him. I mean, I really like Smith. He's one of my favourite players and I welcome him back and everything else. But the bar we've got is if, if your team is tampering with the ball and you know about it, don't let it go ahead. Yes, well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Um, all right. So since that round... We can't cru- sorry, but we can't crucify him on that Every single oh, no, time no, no. he does something else. No, no, but um, I feel like that just gets so. Bo- I and I agree with you, but I just feel like it gets brought up every time he does something that is so unrelated to it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think he's the the, the fact is after what happened in South Africa, it is. he is always going to be yeah uh, held to a, a yeah. different. It's standard. a real shame for his legacy. I think. Well, it would have been sh- better if he just stood up in that dressing room in Cape Town, then wouldn't have this problem. Um. All right. Um, that is true. I mean, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm agreeing with you. All right. Since then, though, there has been some sad news. Um, Mitchell Stark's father, Paul Stark, passed away, mm. and uh, Mitchell Stark did pull out of a round of Shield cricket. So, condolences to him and his wife, Elisa. Um, but yeah, so Stark's pulled out of one round that was played. But then he's back for the upcoming round. So that's good that he's back. Steve Smith has pulled out with an elbow complaint. He's still missing. He's not playing in the upcoming round either. So that's a concern. Uh, But in the last round, two matches played, two draws, one of them an absolute thriller. Unfortunately, South Australia could not beat WA despite going very close. WA were nine down with a few overs to go. South Australia... Tried everything they could to get a win. I think they've won two games in the Shield in the last three years. So, you know, it, for them getting a win is a huge, huge thing. And on the last ball of the game, Paul, you'd, you'd find – I don't know if you saw it. I but did. That everyone came in close except for some reason, like the point fielder was quite deep. He hadn't come in with the rest of them. And then last ball of the match, Liam O'Connor, the ball just – Popped to where short point would have been, except short point wasn't there. He was at regulation point. And everyone, everyone in the South Australian field just stood there in disbelief for a minute. Uh, I think there was a feeling that that fielder at point should have come right in mm. looking for the catch. Um, but, yeah, thrilling game. 
to um, right to the end. In the game, Travis Head made 223. Cam Green, 168, not out. Got runs in grade cricket before that. He's got. We've just been watching um, the, the the one day on at the moment. He got a century that in that as well. So mm-hmm. um, fantastic from him. And then the other shield match played out at Bankstown Oval. Uh, it was moved from the MCG, New South Wales, well at home to Victoria. Again, that was a draw. The two big performances were Moses Enriquez, 141 in New South Wales first innings, and really he must be firming to go into that number five spot uh, for the Ashes next summer. And also Peter Hanscom, 124 not out off 327 rocks to save the game for Victoria and his first shield ton in two years. Yeah, good to see Travis Head getting runs in, in their game and Moses Enriquez getting runs in his game. Um, it'd be great if, if Maxwell can come back and get some runs in the in the second half of the shield as well. He's not going to probably feature in the Ashes maybe down the track when we tour the subcontinent. So good, good signs there with Green as well. Do you like Hanscom, Jaleesa? Um, I don't mind him, but he doesn't set me on fire. I'm sort of indifferent. Yeah, I, I think know. he's got – I think there's a lot of potential in Hanscom. I think he could still have a really fine test career. I wasn't sure about him when he came onto the Aussie scene, but I actually think he's he's got – He's sort of thereabouts. He's yeah. not. There's nothing that overly stands out, though. Yeah, I just like the way – I just like the way he bats against spin, and I just think he's got a level that we haven't quite seen yet at an international level. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, what I will say is that I think that Rogers is doing a very good job with Victoria. It seems that players are improving under him. Mm. So I'm open to Hanscom coming back, but he's uh, he's turning 30 in a couple of months' time. Yeah, it kind of feels like it's done. And he's averaging 37.97 in first-class cricket. Now... Is that going to be someone who, in his 30s, edges that up to someone who averages in the high 40s in test cricket? Unlikely, um, but not impossible. Well, yeah. you mentioned next year those three tours to the subcontinent. Yeah, yeah. His skill against spin might be something they look at. Is, um, have, has anyone got any stats to back that up? Well, no. Well, not right at hand, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> now, um, <laughs> Warner, is, notice. Warner is back for the New South Wales 50-over team and the Sheffield Shield squad. Uh, so he'll be playing in the next um, yeah Red Bull game. So that's great. He wasn't initially going to play in the Shield, but he will be playing in that game coming up at the Adelaide Oval against South Australia next week. Now to a radical idea, and this one, I've been racking my brain, I've been tossing and turning about this one for a week. There's been a, a, well, I guess speculation, and it started with a News Corp article by our friend Sam Landsberger, that there is a a thought around changing the domestic 50-over competition, which is now the Marsh One Day Cup, where all the state sides play each other, switching that to an eight-team Big Bash Club 50-over competition. Um, well, Jaleesa, what were your first thoughts when you heard the idea? Well, I just heard it then. Okay, great. So she hasn't read the notes and again. <laughs> <laughs> three weeks to read the notes. God, I do good without the notes, though, don't I? <laughs> this is what I do every day. Well, um, Paul, you think about it. One no, point. no, I've already, I've, I've thought about what you said and I really, my first reaction is I really don't like it. Okay. But I can't put my finger on why. I just think... Why? Why? Why does it happen? Big Bash is Big Bash. Like, that's why. Why are we doing this? 
Paul, what are your th- what are your more thoughtful thoughts? Um, <laughs> well, I suppose um, I think everyone's first reaction is that as well. Yours was certainly meant as you were tearing down the house. You're so angry about it initially, mm. but you've mellowed, I think. Definitely. <laughs> um, so I think well, what does the what does the fifty over tournament achieve? In the old days, three things: one, uh, it was actually watched by a few people; uh, two, it was a tournament cared about in and of its own sake and three um it was to prepare australian players for 50 over cricket and to help selecting that that's the only one that still exists no one watches it or cares about it anymore except for manners i accept that um but although i must say in the last few days i've watched a bit of it on the um i watched the full game the, uh, the other week when new south wales played victoria and it was very entertaining it reminded me what it what it was like in its glory days when it was on channel nine and and people genuinely cared about it so I'm open to it, that if they can find a way to get some interest back into it, if maybe it's something that, okay, after the WBBL, before the rest of the summer, we've got a little slot here where we're going to have the Sixers on show, probably without their imports, but the Sixers are playing the Stars in a 50-over game. Relocate it to Burrawa. Um, yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. You have to frown, but now you're smiling. Um, bring it round to the people. It, it's never going to get massive crowds, but if it can get back to having, uh, uh, you know, 5,000 people at North Sydney Oval or something and a little bit of interest on TV, then why not? Why not do it? Um, I, I'm, willi- I'm willing for them to give it a go. I think I realised why I don't like it while Paul was talking. I don't like it because people already feel saturated by Big Bash and it's people, people have, got, have gotten really negative on the Big Bash because they feel like there's mm. too much Big Bash. And so I feel like if you added to that, people would all – it wouldn't – as special having the Big Bash tournament. I know it would be different, but and it would different players and blah blah blah. But I just feel like you'd be then shoving more Big Bash down people's throats that they're already skeptical about having too much of. I was wondering that as well, and I, I that's su- that's exactly why I don't like it. Actually, I just realised. But I suppose if they try, if they kind of, <laughs> if they kind of uh, marketed it in such a way as like this is kind of, it is different. The teams are the same. Same names, but we keep a, a clear delineation. It could be, and I'm going to talk about NRL again here in minutes, but it could be a bit like the trials in the NRL. Like the um, the charity shield <laughs> was on, um, they got a good crowd in Mudgee. I was at the pub and people were watching it, interested in it. Yeah. I don't think that detracts from round one because the people who don't really care, it's on in the background. Maybe there's a way that they can have their cake and eat it too. I don't know. Yeah, I see what you mean about that, and you're right. In NRL, yeah, that's I thought work. so too. I thought but, mm. um, Were you in Mudgee for the game? Yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> I mean, now that we've just heard Jaleesa's brain working in real time, I'm going to give you a couple yeah, of thoughts. Lightning fast, I think. Yeah, realize. absolutely. I, look, um, I guess my two points are, and I was against it when it was first sort of floated, but the first thing to consider is what is the competition like we have now? And, and what's happened through a number of years is it's got worse and worse and worse. It's been treated very poorly. For mm. a few years, it was just shunted to the beginning of the season, played over a couple of weeks, and unless you were a, a fan, you just miss it completely. Yeah. So we're now, so far from what you're talking about, the glory days, mm. we're in another spot where it really is a competition that doesn't have a home, doesn't have a place, and doesn't have an audience. You switch them to Big Bash franchises – all of a sudden there's glitz and glamour. There is a whole swathe of kids that own Big Bash merch already. Mm. All of a sudden they're seeing their teams play more often. They're seeing them play in a different format. And I actually think it could work. I was afraid that – what are we going to do to the States? All of a sudden the States are just going to be um, places that operate franchises for the Big Bash in this competition and play a few Shield games. But I think actually – having an extra team in Sydney and well, New South Wales and Victoria 
like the Thunder and the Renegades could actually bring more people into the comp. I think there is people like us, Paul, that do have the nostalgia around this competition. I'll tell you one of my happiest memories of it and probably one of the happiest memories of my life. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's probably exaggerated. But Wayne anyway. Holdsworth at North Sydney Oval? No, 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 before that. Um, this is going to go back into the dim distant past when I was about six. And so we're talking about 1983, 84. It was the weekend and... The football had been on all bloody winter and I'd almost forgotten cricket, which I'd just become a big fan of. And I'm sitting there, the TV's on, whatever rubbish show was on at 9.58 finished, and I'm just sort of not really watching. And suddenly the the Wide World of Sports logo came up and I thought, oh, there's probably some um, sport on. Won't be cricket, but I'll at least watch it. And then all of a sudden, the cricket, dun 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 and the and the stumps appeared. And McDonald's Cup, New South Wales versus South Australia, and it was Richie Benno, and it was just like this. Oh wow, the cricket season is here, and it was just like this glorious feeling. Nice memory. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it used to open the season, and I still have fond memories as well. All right, so we're pretty divided on that idea. Next bit of news, unfortunately, Will Pukowski's having op- an operation on his right shoulder, so he's out until September, October. So let's hope he can get right for the Ashes. And our final cricket headline. Well, it's rare that I can say this, but I've sidled up to my English wife and my English children with their English passports, and I'm going for the palms in the fourth <laughs> test. I am rooting for England to upset India in Ahmedabad, level the series to all, and Australia plays New Zealand in the World Test Championship final. Except if that's the case, and then India are then excluded... When South Africa uh, pro- uh, prosecute their cases, saying that the Australia South Africa series should be forfeited, given that India are so powerful in the ICC, maybe the they answer both voted in. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we, we don't even need to see the case. Yep, well, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> I uh, I would love to say I was with you on that. Um, in that last Test match, I found myself completely loving England getting rolled. Oh yeah, I loved England and, getting rolled too. And I couldn't that feeling that I have about England getting rolled couldn't <laughs> couldn't be overridden by self-interest. Yeah, but, by self interest. Yeah. I'm but, not asking you to, to but, not feel that way. I'm just saying in the next match you need to go for England. No. <laughs> wow, what I'm so, saying to so you you're, is you're England going against Australia. No, no, I'm not going no, against are, Australia. Are, what I'm are. saying is that uh, if England is starting to get rolled, I won't be sitting there cheering them on. You know, like I just can't. And probably in years to come when the Test Championship means more to me, then I probably will. But right now, I have to be honest, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I can appreciate the feeling, that watching the f- England suffer is more important yeah, than the Test Championship. It just feels better. Definitely. It's like you might be uh, qualify for my sports betting charity where worthy causes are given money to put on events to make them care. I could give you... um. <laughs> I would care if it was another team. I would I would be fully rooting for Australia, but I just really enjoy What is if you had five hundred dollars on yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> we'll give the big charity check. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. I suddenly care. <laughs> Where are you, Paul? What are your thoughts? Oh, I was supporting England in this last test because I, I wanted Australia to get through, but uh, and I'll, I'll be supporting it in, in the next one. I mean, the big controversy has been the pitch, and I think that it's disappointing that some Indian commentators seem unable to sort of look yes. at it with the shades of grey and realise, yes, it, it was very captivating cricket, and yes, there are plenty of other bad pitches produced, and I would rather a two-day test match than a 600-place, 600, 600 boring five-day yeah. affair. 
you can say all that and still say, but they didn't. It's not a great pitch. That Joe Root shouldn't be taking five for eight. And what it comes down to for me is that yeah, sure, England were outplayed, but did the Indian curator prepare a pitch that was their attempt to produce the best pitch for the available prevailing yeah. conditions yeah. and just get it wrong, or? did they produce this in order for India to win? And I'm yes. sure it's the latter. Yes. And most people would say, well, that's home ground advantage and everything else. And I've always said, I don't agree with that. And that's a, that Australia, we could have this last summer prepared four pitches that were like the gap, the, the whacker, but on a trampoline and we would have won. Um, but we, we don't do that. And we, we, <laughs> we probably we should, should. <laughs> but we prepare pitches, not always uh, for the perfect reasons, but generally it's to try to get the best possible game of test cricket that's played. All the other countries don't do that. And people say, oh, no, Australia just as bad. We're not. This is one of the few things we are saints in. And we, are, we lead the world in this. And um, it would have been better for world cricket if the, if the pitch was still turning but produced a four-day test match. And I'm sure India probably still would have won. They are a good enough side to not need to do this. Their victory over England is going to be questioned um, yes. a little bit if they have won it um, in mm. these ways. It'll be interesting to see what the final test match um, uh, produces. <laughs> Police oh, is very excited. I, I just couldn't agree with you more, Paul. I just agree with everything you're saying. And on it, I think I sent you guys a text at one point saying, every time a commentator says it's not the pitch, I'm going to drink. <laughs> but unfortunately, I'd work the next day. I couldn't do that. But I was sick of it. I was so sick of hearing it. The pitch, it's terrible. It was not good for cricket. And I'm, you know, I actually don't mind the home ground advantage. I, I don't. I actually really like that. I like when you play in India that it's tough, that mm. it's really tough. The problem with this pitch was that India couldn't play. India couldn't bat on the pitch that had been prepared. Yeah. That's the pitch. So if India had come <coughs> out and scored 300 in the first innings, then you'd go, well, this is just a home ground advantage and too bad. But yeah. they couldn't. The pitch was horrific. So if you just look at, you know, take Sharma's 66 out of there – Sharma plus four others got to double figures in the first innings. That is pathetic. That is not a good pitch. There were three ducks and two others, just one run. So take out Sharma. In both innings, England was better all round with the bat. Now, obviously, that's pretty, you know, simplistic math. You know, take out Joe Reid out of the first test, there's a different result. So, you know, there's a massive argument there. But you sort of get my point is that India can't bat on these pitches and you, that's yeah, demo- wasn't just England that's, playing that's badly dem- away. No, that's demonstrated by the fact that there was just a terrible all-round effort, um, and really it just took a bit of luck. And I, I just, well, but the other thing I think is, why did England not play two spinners? That's madness. Yeah, it, it's just madness. Why is that? That should be the <clears> default. Okay, I think in they India. thought the pink ball was going to spin yeah. a lot. So I have Don't, to but say, should be the default in India that you play two spinners. Perhaps my feeling is that I, I, I sort of agree with both of you. It wasn't good enough, but I actually do feel for the curators in this instance because it's a new ground <coughs> with a, a pink SG ball that's hardly been used before. It, it clearly behaves differently to the pink ball we've got Are here. you being reasonable? No, apparently there's like an extra covering on this SG ball to hold it together. Um, so new ground... You know, new ball, under lights, I can sort of see how it got away from them. I think they were trying to produce a spinning track and it ended up being a really bad track when it should have just been, you know, average. So I kind of feel for them in that sense. Well, it was great. They built the world's biggest stadium to play the shortest text match. <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. well, that's it. Oh. Um, so <laughs> I, I do have some really sympathy for, for them. But, yeah, 
Uh, it just no test match should end, you know, halfway through the the third session on the second day. Last time that England were beaten that quickly was 1921. Um, so 100 years. Now, one thing that I... I expected more of this from you. About the 1931. Sh- well, no, it's the sh- isn't it the shortest test match since 1935? Yes, and I think it's the... Um, but it's the, yeah, it's the, and it's the first time that in England's been beaten inside two days since 21, um, where Australia won the Ashes 3-0 in England and would have won it 5-0 except for the rain because back then there were only three-day test matches in England, which was crazy. Um, the well, two days is fine then. Yeah. I mean, if you're only playing <laughs> yeah. three days, yeah. one, one short's okay. Well, they had their come up. It's in 26 when all four of the first mm, yeah, test matches, so. all four of the tests were rained off um, because the, the three days wasn't long enough. So they had four draws and they had to have a, a timeless test to decide it. Now, what's going to be interesting is let's assume and this is a big assumption because it might not be, assume that the pitch looks similar for the fourth test and England realise that they need to do something. Will they have the guts to go in and say, we are not picking a single fast bowler? Why is that funny? The Indian just fast bowlers didn't even bowl. you were joking, but yeah. No, I mean, you've got to adapt to the circumstances. Yeah. What's the point of having Jimmy Anderson bowling four overs, none for ten, and not getting another bowl? You've got Ben Stokes, if it turns out that it, there's a, a bit of seam-up stuff needed, but it... And I'm saying they may produce a different pitch. It might be flat. Um, but if, if it's the same type of wicket, you would if you had any brains, you'd pick another spinner. You'd say, okay, we've now got Leach and Bess plus Root to bowl spin. We've got Stokes in there. Nine batsmen, two spinners, that's it. Anything well, else other than that is it's surely match fixing, isn't add it? Add that to the list of Dennett. No, it's not. It's, that's that's why would you buy why would you pick fast bowlers who aren't going to bowl? You know? It's like if if you had, if you had a pitch that was um, the bounciest, flattest pitch of all time, you would never pick a spinner. So why would you pick a fast bowler just to tick the box of all oh, your... No, you're right. If they're not going to bowl them, then they, if they go in there going, we're not going to bowl you, hmm. then don't pick them. So which is your comment that you believe, that it's I'm right or that it's one of Dennett's crazinesses? I think it's pretty crazy <laughs> to go in there with no fast bowlers at all. It's cr- I think it's pretty... I think Stokes and one other fast bowler is a good option. So you've got two players and then maybe three spinners. If you had an ice hockey team that they suddenly said, we're going to play it on field hockey, you'd still pick a couple of players on skates, wouldn't you? On the level of... No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm not going to fall for that. On the, on the level of um, zero to Joe Root taking five for eight, I think it's higher. It's up to the Joe Root level. Of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was the Cricket Headlines brought to you by Piccolo Podcasts. Get your England shirts on. Go the Poms in the fourth test. Ew, ew. Go England, yes. Ew. Yes, all you Pommy listeners out there, just That's save that sick. little soundbite. I can't bite. believe you just said that. God save us. Now, we're going to take our only break of the show before Can't Let It Go. couple of bits of news. First one is we're about to launch Cricket Unfiltered cricket unfiltered merchandise. So keep an eye out for some T-shirts um, that will be on sale soon. Um, and uh, we'll Is there a the, onesie? Um, is there oh. a onesie? I don't know if there's a onesie. Um, but oh. For kids, yeah? No, for me. Oh. What's I don't, a we hadn't thought of that. We wow. hadn't thought of the onesie You market. guys have missed a niche market. <laughs> What's a onesie? What's a onesie? Yeah. I wear a onesie all the time. It's like what you see in babies, but That's on right. me. Okay. Awesome. We'll, 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 we'll get one special we'll get one. for you. <laughs> Can you? You should see. It says umpire's, umpire's call on the front. So. <laughs> it um, says, I love DRS. Yeah, basically, yeah. Basically, yes. <laughs> uh, so keep an eye out for them. We'll put the links in the show notes over the next few days. Uh, it's on Teespring. Just go on and search Cricket Unfiltered and you'll be able to find them. They're launching at the end of the week. Also head to um, our socials, Oz Cricket Pod. That's A-U-S Cricket Pod. All right. Coming up after the break, can't let it go. 
You're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Menas. I'm with Jaleesa and Paul. And it's that time where we all have a little bit of cricket news that we just can't let go through to the keeper. Jaleesa, because mm. we've missed you, what's yours? You can open up the batting. Op- uh, I'll open up my notes. Um, so this is a little bit of a um, defence of T20 is killing test cricket. And Ooh, yeah. Th- and this is uh, – I saw this interview um, after the test match wrapped up so bloody quickly that Fox were desperately running everything that they could. Um, but it was Harsha Bogle on um, on Cricket Legends uh, with Crash Craddock. So if you haven't seen that, it is yeah. – I mean, I love Cricket Legends. I just think it's the best thing ever. But this was a really good interview. And I just really liked his defence of 2020 cricket was something that I hadn't thought about it in a way – before and he's saying he was basically saying 2020 cricket is not ruining test cricket it's actually protecting test cricket that Mm. essentially test cricket would have already been you know dying out if it hadn't been for 2020 reinvigorating the game which I think we all know but the way that he sort of explained it I just really liked the way he put it where he said it's actually our lifestyles that are killing test cricket it's the fact that we all have really short attention spans. And if you look back and um, when Test cricket was really strong, we didn't have all these other things distracting us and entertaining us. And it's actually T- T20 sort of building this protective bubble around Test cricket. And I just really liked the way that he put it because I knew that we were going to shit all over the IPL, <laughs> um, the, um, stopping uh, players from playing Test cricket. But I do think we just have to start and be a bit more open. And it was one of the very few commentators that I've heard be open to it. There are a lot that are very protective. Yeah, there was a BCCI mm. official with a pistol in his pocket. <laughs> 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 no, but it, it's, it's a good point. You should um, go back to when Manners and I did the Big Smash podcast a few years ago. Our first episode, we made that exact point that um, T20 cricket is the best thing that's ever happened to test cricket. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, I think I think we were. I always thought it was the best thing. It, it was a great thing to happen to cricket generally, mm. but I never thought of it protecting Test cricket. And I just the way that he said it was amazing. It, go and watch the whole interview if you haven't. I've seen it. Yeah, I've can. seen it it's a few just times. So good. All right, my can't let it go for this week. Uh, well, I'll go start with a nice one. Just a shout out to Beth Mooney and Georgia Redmayne who put on two hundred and seventy-one runs in the WNCL. It's the highest ever partnership by any Queensland pair in the WNCL. Beth Mooney made the highest score by a Queenslander in the comp, 163, and Red made 121. If you don't know, Georgia Redmayne's a doctor, so um, she can do it all, that one, doctor and wow. star Imagine cricketer. Imagine that talented. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. So but um, now, my can't let it go is, this is surprise, surprise, there's a couple of English cricketers that have no sense of humour and barely any personality by the looks of it. Uh, so... After the match finished in two days, Alex Hartley, who is a former England international, tweeted out, nice of the England boys to get this test match finished just before the England women play tonight and then catch them on and she's put where you can watch them. Now, clearly that is a joke. Clearly she's clearly. That she's just um, bigging up the England, te- the England women's team. There's no snarkiness to that at all. Just a lighthearted tweet. But Ben Duckett tweeted out that he uh, thought it wasn't a very good tweet. And Rory Burns, who's in the England squad at the moment, wrote, very disappointing attitude considering all the boys, in inverted commas, do to support the women's game. Now, 
Ben Duckett and Rory Burns take a good hard look at themselves. Uh, it was an atrocious reaction to a light-hearted tweet by a former England international cricketer. They're, I know Rory Burns was reprimanded, uh, but they, they both just look terrible. And, you know, we've made so many advances with um, women's cricket, yet still, um, you know, you look at a tweet that Alex Hartley puts out and there's dozens of these sexist assholes who, who reply like, um, this is C.S. Lewis and his um, Twitter handle is Deegan Scum. I'd rather submerge my head in a deep fat fryer. Thank you very much. Feel free. And Jeff <laughs> Beach, Beach 199. Nine. I don't know one person who watches women's cricket. I mean, I reckon Jack doesn't hang out with a lot of women. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of these two, any of these people do. And uh, I'm Team Hartley. And yeah, I mean, I always thought um, Duckett and Burns and most English cricketers looked humorless, and certainly appears that way. I, uh, I, I don't think that the. They had to respond. I think their response was a bit lame, and yeah, it made them look like they were bit they were bad sports, and they couldn't take a bit of a joke. And the the responses to her tweet were disgusting. Yeah, were, but that there were. But I actually didn't like her tweet. I I I just thought it was a bit of a. I get that she was trying to make a joke, but I thought, um, and I don't think she deserved really bad responses. And I think everyone could have just gone, "Oh, that was a bit of shit tweet," and just moved on with their life and kept scrolling. But I, I did well, think how was it a shit I, I thought it was a bit of a cheat. She's making a joke that oh, yeah, I know, the, but the I, I think two days I, and I, can, I can watch the I, I, women, play, women play tonight. I, I don't think you'd see Elisa Healy tweeting that. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I thought it was a cheap shot, and I didn't find it. I didn't think it was particularly funny, and I, I thought it. I, I just don't see any you, cheap you shot in there. You could have promoted it. You could have promoted that game, and uh, look, I get it was a joke, and a, it's a joke gone wrong, and I don't think it's that serious. I don't think we all need to sort of. Stop taking sports so damn seriously. But I didn't like the tweet. I thought it was a bit of a – I just thought it was a bit of a cheap shot and wasn't that funny. And I don't – I never liked this war against women's – the women's side of the team and the men's side of the team. And if you're going to tweet that, if you're going to give it, you're going to have to take it. I don't think she should have got the responses that she sh- she did, but they are – but, you know, Burns can – Defend his team and defend his position. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you got to. I, I don't want to get to this point over like it's sort of patronizing because she's, you know, like, oh, you can't come back at her. Like, I think that's a little bit patronizing. Well, if you're going to tweet it, you're going to get it back. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for all these. I'm not happy, but, you know, you put that out there, you're going to get responses from those scumbags. But I just think if another international cricketer should just go, she's having a laugh. Yeah. You know, and if mute her if you don't want to see her tweets. Yeah. One thing I found. Uh, annoying about Burns's tweet was the fact that he put boys in inverted commas and it's kind of him saying, oh, we, we can't call them girls so they shouldn't be allowed to call us boys. I just loved Isabel Westbury's um, response to that and so she said, uh, she's former England cricketer, and calling them boys seriously, the reason the reciprocal girls is so damaging is because of the weight of history, discrimination and condescension behind it and I think that was really well said. Yep, uh, I think it's a tweet and we all need to calm down um, but I didn't, doesn't mean I like the tweet. Yeah, well, think, uh, Paul, what's your can't let it go? Ah, my friend James Brayshaw. I've never met him. He doesn't know me. but um, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, James. <laughs> James, can we be mates? Um, no, but I, people often criticise him and I quite like him. I was just scrolling through YouTube randomly and I saw a story that he told, which 
That's quite quite interesting of um, his retirement from interna- from uh, domestic cricket. So he was a very good cricketer for South Australia, averaged forty two and a half, and he made the point that in his final two seasons, which uh, ninety three four and sorry ninety four five and ninety five six, he did really well. One of them he averaged about sixty five. One of them he averaged about forty five. And in that ninety five six season, South Australia won the shield. Anyway. He realised midway through the next season that he could no longer afford to play cricket because he was getting paid so little. And he got an offer from South Australian Radio that was going to double his um, wow. contract. Now, I started working in an office job at, um, just only three years after this. So when you sometimes hear salaries from the old days, you think, oh, maybe it was worth more then. But I know he was earning $36,000 a year. Um, and he said the last year he'd played in every Shield game. He they, they'd made the final and they played. They made the final of the one day. So he basically got match pa- the most match payments that you could get for a domestic cricketer. And that was what he put on his group certificate: thirty six thousand dollars, which is uh, that was a low wage in in nineteen ninety seven. And I just love the story. Firstly, that's it's very sad that someone as good as him, he was twenty nine, averaging forty two and a half. If he was around today with those figures, he'd be knocking on the door of. Te- he'd probably be in the Test side. Yeah. Um, but it was a pity that he was lost to um, Australian cricket for, for probably another five or six years. He probably was never going to play for Australia, but he would have enhanced the Sheffield yeah. Shield competition um, by being in. And uncharitable people would say it would have kept him away from the microphone for long, which I don't agree with because I think he's a really decent commentator. But oh, I just like the fact that he went in and um, when he sort of said to the uh, the manager, um, and look this up on YouTube because he'll say it better than me, but when he said to the manager that he's going to have to retire, he said, I was open to being um, talked out of it. And the manager just replied, said, oh, cool. Yeah, we'll change your next flight to one-way flight. I'll, I'll alert the selectors <laughs> and we'll drop you from the next game. See ya. Oh, and that was him. <laughs> That was the end of his career. Was, um, so look it up. Um, it's, it's, an, it's a pretty interesting story, the way that he talks it. And it's great that these days state players um, don't have to make those decisions anymore. Yeah. He's cool. obviously my main competition for Bruce McAvaney's job calling the AFL. Yeah. Um, the, the, it's, 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 anyone's <laughs> talking about it. Will it be Menes? Will it be Brayshaw? It's, it's right up there. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, we've come to the end of Cricket Unfiltered. If you're not on YouTube and you're still here, um, Paul, have a good week. Lots of cricket coming up. Test matches, domestic cricket, T20s. Jaleesa, have a good week. Um, Thank you. Hope we see you next week. Yeah, I hope so too, unless you punt me. Well, we won't be doing that. <laughs> One thing before we go, just to congratulate Menas, he's um, he has paid for a subscription to watch the Pakistan Super League. Um, so yes. his level of interest, and I, I'm thinking of doing the same thing, but it's like five US. That's awesome. Even Can Brayshaw in 1997 <laughs> would have been out of four. That's it. awesome. Can you send me a login? <laughs> well, I'm not. Up. Yeah, send me yours as well. <laughs> Next week, send it out to everyone so we can all... <laughs> yeah, head to the show notes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but actually, I've got to say the Pakistan Super League is a, is a good, very good standard yeah, yeah. T20 cricket. So I've enjoyed the couple of games I've watched and we'll be back next week with another podcast. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.